What are your highest values? What are your core values? And are you willing to stand for your values? You know, that's the first step for me is to surround yourself with like-minded men. It really is about sitting down and being strategic in your relationships. You need to take a stand. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And ultimately, it is having the courage to be misunderstood in the context of your life. That takes balls. That takes the nerve to say no and to perhaps be ridiculed, to perhaps be trolled and made out to be wrong. And that is a challenge for most men. And men need to take a stand. They need to define themselves and they need to discover who they are, really. You need to challenge yourself. You know, you have to push yourself in life, in business, in careers. That is the evolution of your own development, mentally, emotionally, your leadership skills, your thought process, if there's something you're thinking of doing, just begin. Begin now. Don't wait. Don't consider it forever and ever and ever. Run with it now. Get rocking. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sober Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou, and I'm here with my man, Patrick Francie. What's going on, Patrick? Having a beautiful day here in the Fraser Valley of British Columbia and uh, excited to be on the show, man. Excited to have you here, my friend. Well, you know, before we get into the content of the show, there was a there was an election in nearby Alberta yesterday. And uh, I stayed up watching returns until it was almost uh, one o'clock in the morning, Toronto time. And I was struck by two things. You know, I was a little nervous thinking, my God, is the NDP actually going to win in Alberta? That's not possible. It can't happen. It happened once, but no, no it's not going to happen again. Thankfully, it didn't. But um, the election returns were slow. I seem to recall a time where you'd have an election and half an hour later, when a party wins as big as the UCP won, they won over 50% of the popular vote. Half an hour later, they'd go, we're projecting the UCP's winning. They didn't do that last night. What's going on? What's going on with Canadian elections that this is no longer like easy for them to wrap their hands around and give you a good result fast? Crazy, right? Yeah, I don't have an answer to that. I mean, my my answer for everything is that, you know, bureaucracy, the increase in bureaucracy messes everything up. So <laughs> and that's just my view of the world. It's based on nothing. I but- agree my dislike for bureaucracy <laughs> so anyways I'm, it's I'm, I agree I mean I remember when I was a kid uh you know voting in my first election in the 80s I voted with a paper ballot and um everybody counted everything by hand polls closed at 8 p.m and by nine o'clock you knew who the winner was <laughs> just like everybody knew who the winner was and today we got machines that are supposed to make things easier and you don't but anyways the good news is that you know the forces of, uh, of freedom and free free markets won, and that's a good thing. But let's transition mm-hmm. back into the conversation that I brought you here to have. So, Patrick, we're living in uncertain times, to say the least. 
a little over three years ago, uh, the so-called pandemic um, hit globally. Canada, like most countries, locked down for a couple of years. Now that's over and the lockdowns are done, but it appears that we've got inflation. We've got crazy taxes that have been imposed by governments, including ours, that are making the price of everything go up. The carbon tax has increased the price of uh, gasoline. It's increased the price of inputs for farming. Uh, and the price of groceries have gone up. There's a lot of people that are feeling uncertain. And there's a lot of people in business, especially those with smaller companies, that are feeling scared and uncertain. And my question for you is very straightforward. What can a man do in times like this to keep his head on straight and still thrive and, and succeed? Well, there's lots of directions to go with that question. You know, you know first and foremost, I think, if depending on where you are in your kind of mental thought processes, you know, are you feeling confident? Are you really feeling the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty, not knowing what direction to go? You know, I think that first and foremost is, you know, making sure that you're surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. This isn't the time to be getting into debates about political beliefs or uh, what direction you should go one way or the other in terms of politics or business you want to be in a conversation with those who are of like-minded who uh, who are like-minded share common values uh, you don't need to win any battles right now if you're in that place in other words what i'm saying is that if you are uncertain make sure you're putting your in, in yourself in an environment where you can gain some insights some guidance some mentorship some conversation that isn't about battling about your right or your wrong it is literally risk mitigation it's how do i move forward in my business in my career how do i make sure that i'm looking after my family in the most powerful way how do i risk mitigate about against the possibilities without being frozen on the sidelines in fear you know that's the first step for me is to surround yourself with like-minded men I think that's a great first step. Let's go deeper and unpack that more. W what does that make possible for you in times like these? I mean, I think that's a good idea, period. But why is it especially important in times like these? Well, because everybody's feeling it. So in other words, it, there is a time where you can go exploring and kind of debate certain aspects of values. This is really a values-based conversation. For me, it always comes back to values. So in other words... What are your highest values? What are your core values? And are you willing to stand for your values? Which means when you put yourself into that environment of like-minded men, to your point, that's always a good idea. But in times like this, it really is about sitting down and being strategic in your relationships because here's what you're looking at. Let's say you have a career and you're looking into the future and you're going, gosh, I don't know what's going on. So first and foremost, are you developing a second set of skills? Are you running a side hustle or can you grow a side hustle? or a side gig in parallel to the career that you're developing? Can you actually develop that career so that you're feeling a little more confident in it? When you look at the business as a whole, do you see longevity in the business given what's going on in the economy? So these are all kind of questions you have to ask yourself strategically. If you're in business, you know, which I've got four operating businesses, a couple of them are doing great, a couple of them are not doing so great right now. So I'm having to hedge my bet. How do I actually transition into the future? And I'm looking out, let's say 12, 18, two years even, and making decisions to unwind or to uh, ramp up depending on what strategy I wanna take. It's always a strategic conversation when it comes to business and even career.
Yeah. So when you get clear on what your core values are and you've got like-minded men around you, tell me in your mind, why do you, why do you think that makes it easier to have those strategic conversations and make good strategic decisions versus if you don't have that in place? Well, you know, first and foremost, there's a phrase that I like to use, a meme, a saying, a quote, I don't know who owns it. I don't own it. I use it a lot, which is that confidence is rarely owned. It's always, almost always borrowed. And when you put yourself into an environment that you can gain the confidence in your thought process, sometimes it's perspective. You know, I know for myself, the way I think is I have to actually connect my brain to my mouth. So in other words, I need a space where I can say out loud the confusion I'm going through, the uncertainty that I'm seeing, or the perspective I have, and then have it in a space where other men generally can hear me, let me process it, say it out loud, get it out of my brain, out into the space, and then they can ask for more clarity, or they can actually share with their perspective. I'm not looking for an opinion. I'm not looking for advice. This is the way I see it. Am I seeing it the right way? Or do you see it a different way? Is there any insights you can give it? Am I missing something along my own vision of how I'm seeing this particular circumstance? Yeah. So you're basically asking other men for help in validating your assumptions and your thought process, right? Yeah, either validation or say, no, you're, dude, let me, let me open up some other thought processes for you. You know, here's some things that you also need to consider. And so that's the point of being in that conversation and creating the environment. Men still need to be heard. Men still need to be able and have the confidence to be a little bit vulnerable and create the environment for that vulnerability to be able to say aloud, this is where I'm a little afraid. This is where I've got some fear and anxiety living. And if you can't create that environment, you're alone. So then you're having this circular conversation in your head. It's just going around and around and around. It's the same you know, 20 thoughts that you might be having, and it just continues to go around and around. You need to stop that thought process. And yes, you can do it through journaling, and there's other techniques you can use, including meditation, but all those are good, by the way. But ultimately, having a space where you've got another one, two, three, five men is a great place to be. You know, I never thought of it that way, but that is true. It, it, when, when, when you said that right now out loud, I go, yeah, I do have many of the same thoughts and set many of the same internal conversations again and again and again. And it does get stale and boring and it doesn't really move me out of where I want to, to be right. Like I'll, I'll tell you this year has actually been a seminal year in many ways for me. Uh, I made a decision at the beginning of the year that there were some goals that I've been putting on my, you know, annual uh, goals list that Finally, this year, I was actually going to do something about right? I wasn't just going to throw them on the list and not have them happen. So you know this about me, Patrick. When when you and I first met, I was uh, a top fitness trainer. I worked with Olympic gold medalists, guys like Donovan Bailey and Mark McCoy, who are Canadian Olympic gold medalists. And I used to be in tremendous shape. I was 173 pounds, uh, you, you know, jacked, ripped, all of that jazz. I stopped being in that field. And over a 12 year period, I gained one to five pounds a year, every year. And all of a sudden, early February of this year, I looked at myself in the mirror 
And I saw this big ass gut that I'd never had before in my life. And I'm like, dude, you're fat. And I made a decision in that moment that I was, I was going to turn that around. I wasn't just going to write it on a sheet of paper once a year and then weigh five more pounds next year. I was going to turn it around. So there was a fellow on Facebook whose work I'd been following. Didn't know him personally, but he would put before and after photos of people. And he had a 56-year-old man's before and after photo on Facebook. And he told the man's story. So I'm 55 right now, right? This guy's before photo was way worse than how I looked at that time. But his after photo is he looked like he belonged on a bodybuilding stage winning, you know, a medal or the championship, right? He looked incredible, 56. And I just said, oh, yeah, this is the guy I want to hire. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, I want to hire you. And it wasn't one of these discussions where I'm thinking about it. Let's have a chat. Tell me what you do. I'm like, nope, I'm hiring you. And I said, this is what I want. Can you do it? He said, yes. I said, okay, let's get started. And then after I, I, I agreed to start with him, I said, I guess you better tell me what you're charging, right? And so yeah. he told me he told me what he charged. And it was it was a very reasonable fee. I, I was expecting a higher fee than that. And I, and I said, yeah, I'm in. And then shortly thereafter, two, three weeks later, my lady joined me. And brother, you haven't seen me for a while. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm down 30 pounds since Feb 7. Right? Good for you. Yeah. And my goal is to be down another 15. You, you know, so um I I I wrote it down for years in my annual goals book that I was gonna be down to a 30-inch waist again. And my my waist was 38 inches in February mm. of this year. 38 inches and and so that's the goal that i have and once i hit that i don't want to stop and go okay i've arrived i want to go okay what's next at 55 56 years old because i'll be 56 in august what do i do give from it i decided to do something else so i'm a christian i'd never read the bible from cover to cover so i bought i bought a bible a nice leather-bound bible and i'm in the book of numbers right now and i started at the beginning genesis and i'm going through this until it's completely done and you know me i'm somebody who likes to read and learn and grow like yourself i decided i want to become a beginner in the world of persuasion and sales and enrollment so i interviewed robert cialdini you may have heard of him he wrote the book influence the psychology of persuasion so i interviewed him on my show and i bought his his uh, the latest version of the book and I'm now talking to the president of his company saying, I want to be better at this methodology of influence. So how do we do this? And he's telling me about some programs and things. So I'm going to get that done. And this is the first time in a long, long time that I'm making, I think, really good progress on three or four different fronts. And part of what's allowed this to happen is, well, I'm in my men's group. I lead the group and I've seen some of the men in the group really use the group to get to a whole new level in so many different areas of their life. And then there's some men in the group who've done eh. And I've been a fellow who, by my own standards, at least I've done eh, I've done all right. You know, you probably look at a few of the things I've done and go, Nikki, you've done great. And that's true, but that's not who I want to be, man. 
I want to be somebody who gets to thrive. And the world is crappy right now in many, many ways. But that doesn't mean that the world, my part of the world, needs to be crappy. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's your world, right? So be the change you want to see in the world. Here's a couple things there that, you know, we always have to go back to. It's never about the goal. <clears throat> it is always about who you have to become to achieve the goal. And as cliche as that is, I think many forget that because goals come, they go. You'll hit milestones and you'll reach those milestones and you'll celebrate those milestones and you'll say, I nailed it. But then it's like you wake up and you go, okay, now what? So th there's a, a very kind of big part of, you know, even in a men's group, for example, that you're talking about where you kind of got guys that go, eh, you know, right? So it is really boils down to defining who you want to be in the context of your life. And we've had these conversations in the past, Nikki, about really defining who you are in the context of your life. And then are you that? Are you okay with the status quo? And if you are, great. You know, there is no bookshelves or there is no book sections that say, you know, how to be mediocre. So you're either entering <laughs> into a world of a, a men's group. <laughs> well, it's true though, right? You know, there isn't a section called mediocrity. And the point is that when we get into and look at a men's group, when we look at any kind of organization that we want to be part of, hopefully it's because we have bigger aspirations for ourselves. And it doesn't mean necessarily making, making more money. And, you know, it sometimes for some people is like, how do I define success? And how do I have to show up to actually be solid in what I define as success? You know, some use, okay, they use money as a, as a benchmark. They use toys as a benchmark. Others, uh, they look at relationship. They look at their uh, mental, physical, emotional health. You know, we have to really consider the reason behind being part of a men's group in this case. When we look at what's happening in the world, what are we, what are we looking at? What are we operating on top of? And if there's fear, if there's anxiety, if there's uncertainty, then it's your job as a man to step up and go, okay, how am I going to look after myself and look after my family? First and foremost, it's always about looking after you. And this is where it's easy to get very distracted. You are the center of your universe. It is as simple as the, you know, put on your mask first, should the plane, you know, should the oxygen masks drop, you need to put on that mask first so you can look after yourself. Men, like women, have a tendency to sometimes or often <laughs> put everybody around them in a to look after more than they look after themselves. You're no good to anybody if you're not looking after yourself. So in your case, you look at your fitness level, you look at your wellness perhaps, and you say, you know something, I'm not as well or fit as I could be and that I want to be. You need to be healthy to look after your family, to do the job, to be that great sales guy, to be that great organizer, to be that great business person. You need to look after yourself. So you owe it to everybody around you to be your best self. That includes all seven areas of your life. And that's something to kind of, I guess, bring your awareness to so that you can, in context, uh, start to create that for yourself. You know, I think what you just said here around living as your best self is very, very important. Let's unpack that a bit. What do you mean by that? I think that there's a part of us that has to look and say, are we just static status quo? Are we just going to go along? Can we wake up today and go, how am I going to be better than I was yesterday? You know, how can I improve on who I was? Can I, uh, you know, in, in 
in business, maybe it's, I'm going to make one more call in relationship. It's going to, you know, something I'm going to remember to thank that person. Actually, I'm going to reach out and say, thank you to somebody I haven't talked to for a long time. I'm going to reconnect. How can you improve on who you are from the previous day? And that's an incremental thing that if you bring your awareness to it, that literally takes a thought process of a few minutes a day or even the night before making a commitment to going, you know something today I did okay, but how would I do better tomorrow? Yeah, I I, I like that. I like that. Um, it's incremental. It has to be incremental. It's no different than you didn't wake up and go, gosh, I'm getting fat and slouchy. And then the next day you were good. No, you took a step. You took a step. You used your discipline. You used some thought processes. You got a coach. You did all you needed to do to keep moving that forward. But ultimately, like going to the gym, it's a muscle you have to work every day in order for it to get stronger. You know, we'd all love somebody to go in the gym, do our push-ups for us or our squats for us, and we got stronger. It doesn't work that way. you got to go do the work. And the work is sometimes hard. And the work is sometimes really mentally and even emotionally difficult because it means it's about us. We have to take responsibility for that. I think you and I have shared a common book that we really enjoyed, which was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick. And, you know, when you just connect to that thought process, it can really change everything that you do. And, uh, you know, there's there's lots of stuff out there for knowledge, but I want to go back to what you said earlier, just about the guys that, you know, come into a men's group, they're going, eh, okay, well, you're either bringing energy and thoughts and ideas into that, and you're being a contribution or you're being a taker. And if you're an energy leak, as in, oh, I'm half in, half out, then get out. You know, don't be here. We kicked or caused, I would say, a dozen men to leave. And we've yeah. been bringing men in a different way. And one of the things we're doing now is we onboard a man. He doesn't just come on and, and join anymore. Yeah. There's an onboarding process. And we tell him, you're here on a 90-day trial. You're paying for the 90-day trial. But mm-hmm. if we're happy with you, we'll offer you continued membership. If we're not happy with you, we're going to tell you to leave. Yeah. You know, and, well, and let me use the term, you know, you know, as a coach myself, you know, we use the term mentorship or coaching, depending on what kind of context you give it. But whether it's mentorship or coaching, you know, they, they kind of blend in their gray areas there. But, you know, we always say, are you coachable? And because I'm a coach, not, a, I, you know, I, I coach people. I don't coax people. I'm not here to coax you. I'm here to coach you. And if you're not coachable, I'm just not interested. Because here's something around all of it, Nikki, is that I can't want something for my client more than they want it for themselves. And over the years, I've got myself caught in that because I see the potential. I see the possibility. I look at that individual and I go, dude, if you would just step into it, you would be fucking amazing. And they just never do. And so I can't want something for somebody more than they want it for themselves. And and I just am not willing to be a coax. I want to be a coach. You've got to have people that are ready to do the work. And in our in our men's group, that's one thing we started to realize. We had a lot of dead weight around, like tons. Guys who paid their money and they weren't really showing up or doing anything. So one thing that we immediately decided to do was we we doubled our rate. We weren't charging very much to begin with. It was like 50 bucks a month. So we doubled it to 100 bucks a month. And that's still not a lot of money, but it, it it's enough for some people that they'll pause. They don't want to waste it, right? They don't want to throw away a hundred bucks. And secondly, uh, 
if a man came into the community and he didn't show up to meetings, we called him out on it pretty darn quickly, right? And if he didn't come to meetings, then he had a couple of opportunities to put that back on track or that then he'd be gone. If he came to meetings and then he, you know, not show up um, and uh, do the work, and we'd say, dude, you got to do the work. There's there's, uh, there's work to be done. You've agreed as part of participating in, in here that you're going to do certain work. And we just are on top of the men that want it. And the men that don't want it, get out of here, like you said. Get well, out of psychology here. Behind it. There's a psychology behind it all, right? Which is when you bring men into a certain environment and you start to create the opportunity for them to really, it's a journey of self-discovery. And, you know, in that journey of self-discovery, there's things that start to show up. And some of those things are quite frightening. You know, the realization perhaps in the world of self-discovery, identifying values, coming to understand what your values are, all of a sudden you realize that you might be in amongst a circle of peers, friends, family even, that you don't align with in terms of values. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh gosh, to stay and to be in integrity I can't continue to hang out with this person, this girl, this whatever. And that gets a little bit frightening because it means that you have to, you know, blow up your life. You know, in my own experience over many years, when I first went on my journey of self-discovery and understanding values and really what it meant, uh, I literally, uh, I, I had no friends in my life anymore that were from the past. My change and transformation was that dramatic from where I was to where I came to. Now, that actually meant that for a while, I was even out of touch with my family. They thought I was part of some cult. And it wasn't really that at all. It was I was truly discovering who I was. And then being true to myself meant that I don't align with those values anymore. You know, back in, and I keep in mind, I was very young back then. But, you know, you know, smoking dope, going to strip bars, uh, you know, being unfaithful to my girlfriend or my significant other. Like I wasn't, that just wasn't who I was yet. I was caught up in that time, you know, and I could use my age and my youth and all the rest of it and the peer pressure. But ultimately I had to take a stand and go, no, that's not who I am. And I'm going to quit being that because it doesn't feel great. I don't like it. And see you guys later. Like, if you're with me, awesome, but don't make me wrong for not doing what you want to do anymore. It just doesn't work for me. So in order for me to be in integrity, I had to be true to myself. Before I could be true to myself, I had to discover who I was. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I just finished reading um, one of Stephen Pressfield's book. He's the fellow who wrote The War of Art. And his, his newest nonfiction book is called Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. And it, it's a continuation of some of the principles from the war of art, but he said something powerful in there. And when you spoke about, there was a period in your life where you literally had no friends from your youth in your life anymore. He actually talks about the importance of taking a good hard look at whether it makes sense for you to keep certain people in your life and whether it makes sense for you to stay in the city that you grew up in. And he talks about, look, if you want to be an actor, you better move to L.A. If you want to be a musician, you better move to whatever this obscure city is where they've got these special musicians. Or if you want to be a ballet dancer, there's some dude in Germany you got to go study with. You got to get your ass out of wherever it is that you are. 
go be around those people because it's that proximity that's going to cause you to grow and get to the next level. I think that's powerful. You know, I never Isn't deliberately it? did that, but I, 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 I wish I had, and I'm thinking about how I can metaphorically do that with the things I'm up to now. Well, you're always, and it's a journey, you know, at this point in my life, you know, uh, it doesn't ever go away. You're always evolving and changing. At least I am, uh, you know, because I have that awareness and that's kind of my commitment to myself is to be my greatest self, to live my best life. And so I'm always looking at it. There's always cause for reflection. There's always mistakes made or things I wish I could have done or should have done better. But I think there's a, another part to this, you know, in the body of men's work is that, you know, there's always this thing about being a warrior and being powerful and being a man's man and you know, who the fuck even defines that anymore? You know, like, how do you set that up in understanding that, you know, beyond the the testosterone of being a man, you still have another side, that feminine side of you. You still have that side that needs to be vulnerable, that actually opens up your heart to who you really are. And those are really difficult conversation for most men. You know, I've had men's groups that I've worked with that even the word intimacy shut the conversation down. It was like, whoa, they were embarrassed. And it's like, you guys, it's just a word called intimacy, you know, and it really messed them up because they were in relationships that they didn't know how to be intimate in that relationship. You know, they they had all sorts of definitions around it being sexual or being, you know, you know, touching. And it's like, guys, how about just a conversation, a real heartfelt conversation, listening and, you know, and, and kind of really engaging in a conversation with your significant other or with another man? I mean, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that intimacy is a really important part of being a man. And most men avoid it because they think it's weak and or they just are embarrassed by it. That's my experience. And I'm not painting everybody with that brush, by the way. Well, it's interesting. You know, we're we're living in a time where men are being told that, oh no, you got to show your feelings and you got to you got to get out there and 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 be 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 real and be vulnerable. You know, I'm going to push back on that thought. I think you need to selectively reveal yourself to people because going out there in the world and just being vulnerable. To the world is like a recipe for disaster. Some people are going to come out and try to take you out. You're still living in a competitive world and in a competitive uh, time. I, I think all times are competitive. And if a man shows too much of his vulnerability to the wrong person, you could lose your business. You could lose your your significant other. You could you could lose all of that. Having said that, if you're completely unable to ever reveal yourself and be real and have a conversation with people you trust in a way that will allow you to work through any underlying crap that you're dealing with, then I agree with you. That's not good. And, and, and if I'm. Well, there's, there's, yeah. So let's, let's qualify what I said. Yeah. I said with significant other. Yeah. 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 In, in number, one. number two goes back to what I started with, you know, putting yourself in an environment of like-minded individuals. And so where, things come out sideways and I'll, and I'll use the word vulnerability or intimacy or whatever. It comes out sideways in, for example, in the form of anger and, you know, going off the deep end and losing their shit because they have no outlet for really getting to the bottom of what's going on. Now I'm not suggesting for a minute that you wear your heart on your sleeve and go out into a business environment or out into the working world and, you know, be, you know, exposing all of your fears and thoughts and all the rest of it, I'm not suggesting that for a minute. 
What I'm suggesting is, is that men have that female side that needs to get expressed. And that's generally with a significant other and or else in an environment where you've set yourself actually to be able to share what's going on with you and those feelings of fear or vulnerability and or confusion, right? Uh, men aren't, uh, don't, you know, the problem that men have is they always show up as being all put together. And that's where shit goes south is because they're not. Well, um, I would say in, in today's age, the younger men, they don't show up as being all put together. In fact, one of the bigger issues I have is they show up as not having any of their shit together and they need to get their shit together a lot better than they are getting their shit together these days. When you're with and your men, is. absolutely. I. That's why we have a men's group. You're dealing with some shit. You come in there. If your wife left you, you come and deal with it with the men in your group. You know, if you if you um, if if your kid's smoking dope uh, and you caught him, you come and deal with it with the men in your group. That sort of thing. If um, your partner embezzled a million dollars and you're screwed and your business is about to fall apart, you come and deal with it with the men in your group. Um, and you definitely need to be able to open yourself up to, you know, your wife, your significant other. And, and yet I think you got to be careful not to scare her either. There, there's some men will just come and honey, we're about to lose everything. And they emotionally dump on their wife. I'm not sure that's a great idea either. You know, so, so sometimes a man's got to maybe talk to his men first and, and be careful in what he shares and what he reveals and how he does it. He should definitely reveal his feelings to his wife, 100%. Those conversations ought to be had. But if you're dealing with um, a potential catastrophic thing in your business, I'm not sure I'd go to my, you know, unless my wife was my partner in my business, which in my case she is, <laughs> right? I'm not sure that I would go to her first. I'd probably call someone like you, someone like my friend Rob Arpa, and I'd just go, dude, the shit's going down. What do I do? I'd think all that through first before I went and I spoke to her because I don't want to come to her emotional, angry, because all that's going to do is have her think I don't have my, I'm not ready to deal with it. You know what I mean? And that's not how I want to show up for my woman. Yeah, things are going to get tough from time to time, 100%, but I want to show up for my woman like she's someone I can, I'm someone she can count on even in tough times, even if we're facing catastrophe. I want her to think that, hey, we may lose everything right now, but we got each other and this guy's not going to lose his shit. That's the sort of thing that I think a lot of men today don't get. You know, there's guys who come and they vomit everything on their wives. I used to be one of them. And they, they vomit all their emotional stuff without thinking about how that's going to be received and what the impact's going to be on her. And I think that's part of what led to my relationship, my my first marriage breaking up. Well, I think there's a, you know, that's a, a, once again, those are bigger conversations. You know, it's the, it's the art of conversation. It's the art of having conversation with your significant other. And I've been married 30 years. So, you know, Stephanie and I have been through highs and lows and we know how to communicate. We've been, that's kind of been what we've been all about our, our whole life, understanding what our values are, where to, you know, what is the ebb and flow of uh, what's going on in our lives? When's a good time to sit down and have a conversation? Have you got a routine? Do you understand, you know, the emotional weight that you may be bringing into a conversation if you're not clear coming into it? So it's being responsible in the conversation. So, you know, it's not about dumping on your significant other. It is actually being responsible in the conversation that you're trying to have or wanting to have. So to your point, yeah, it is. It's like, 
I've got all this shit going on. I don't know how to bring it to my wife. I've got to have the conversation with her because it affects her. It affects her family. So I got to figure out how to do that. And then that way you can talk it through. This goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier is, you know, expressing it, getting it out there and getting another perspective because you're not seeing it in its entirety and somebody can help you see it differently. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Now let's shift gears as we uh, move into the next phase of the discussion. There's a lot of folks out there that have seen that there's a, a yearning for men to be around a masculine set of conversations, to be around a masculine presence because it just doesn't exist in society anymore. And there's a lot of folks who've jumped in and they're trying to fill the void. And I think that's good to a degree, but some of these folks are just not doing a good job of leading men and giving them good advice. I, I spoke to you about this group and you know I'm not gonna mention their name on the air, but they're out of Florida. And what they do is they're, they're a couple of young men in their thirties and they bring young women on their show. And the whole point of the show is to create fireworks, you know, and what they do is they say things that get these uh, young women to um, respond in a particular way and they don't treat them very well. They make them um, deal with, how can I put it? The, they make them deal with themselves in a way that has them feel bad about themselves. They, they talk about how these women don't know how to be a good woman in, in the modern age. And the messages they give out to men are insane. They tell men, yeah, go work hard, which I agree with. They tell men, yeah, go get yourself in shape. But then they also say, hey, you're a young man. You don't need to commit to any woman. In fact, if you're in a relationship with a woman, it's okay if you go sleep with four, five, six, seven, eight other women. But hey, she can't go sleep with another man, but it's okay if you do that. Now, Patrick, I don't know about you. I don't know a single woman worth having who's going to say yes to that. Not one. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and, and I think this is a terrible, terrible message to give young men. And the fact that millions <laughs> of men are following these guys concerns me, you know? Well, I think there's a fundamental around it that that world is always going to ex exist and evolve, right? So, you know, I'm pretty clear on one fundamental. I can't change that dynamic of what can I control. I believe strongly that like attracts like. When I take my stand for my idealisms, my thought processes, you know, how I want to see the world evolve, I will attract those individuals that in fact, align with those values, align with that idealism or that thought process, or who see that this could fill a gap that they're seeing or having in their life. So when I look at other groups of anything, in any business, by the way, uh, what I've learned over you know almost 40 years of being in business myself is that just go back to who I am, what the business stands for, and then stand strong in that drive that message home. Do not be distracted by what's going on out there. Look, reconfigure, check, check. Nope, still in alignment. This still makes sense. Take that stand, beat that drum, get that message out there, and you will, in fact, attract men that align with that. Those men will always be attracted to that particular conversation because that's who they think they are. And so they will always be attracted to that for all the reasons that they are. And it can be ego and it can be being seen in a different way, like all sorts of stuff, right? Stay true to what any men's groom is about, those idealisms, 
Stay focused on that. And you, in fact, will attract like-minded people always. You know, that's a good point. When I was in my 20s, uh, I did want to sleep with a lot of different women. And I learned better when I got older. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's a it's a phase that a man goes through in his life. So yeah. it's a pretty natural phase, by the way. It, yeah. It's a very, very natural phase. It's that's that's hardwired. That is in our DNA. So to, you know, to fight it is actually makes no sense. You know, it's to be aware, to realize it and make decisions around it, you know. Good point. Good point. But our society at the end of the day needs men and women to pair bond and have children together. That's how our society will continue to pass on its legacy to the next generation. And for me, that's important. And one of the concerns I have is in, in this day and age, fewer and fewer men and women are pair bonding and having children. And it's it's a concern. It's a real concern. West, the Western world, Western society right now, it's eerily like ancient Rome. You know, the Romans built the greatest empire the world had ever seen. And then over time, they got so comfortable that people didn't realize what it was that had made Rome so great. And you had a society with a lot of sexualization of little kids a lot of sexualization in general in society. The idea of families and marriage was, was under attack back then. And the very idea of manhood was under attack back then. And 150 years of that led to Rome being sacked by the barbarians and Europe entered a thousand years of darkness. And my concern right now with the West is it seems like Western culture didn't learn that lesson. And where we are right now is we've got our enemies outside of the West that are hard, strong, intolerant folks that want what we have. And we're focused on cultural conversations that, from my point of view, don't really have a lot of relevance or meaning to the way we live our lives. And those folks want to take us down. And if we continue to weaken in 20, 30, 40 years, they're going to be at our gates and they're going to they're going to take over our, our societies without a shot being fired. You and I might not be around, but our kids will be. And I want to leave a world for my kids that they're going to want to live in. I don't want to leave them a dystopian world. That's one of the reasons I do this podcast. And that's one of the things that I think is important for men like you and I to outline in the conversations that we have. So at least more men become aware of this and more, more men actively work on themselves. It's not about beating your chest and, you know, having a lot of testosterone and saying, I am a warrior, hear me roar. But it's about being the best version of yourself that you can be, being a strong man and having as many men align with that message as we possibly can so that our society doesn't inevitably slide into degeneracy and weakness and fall to the barbarians at some point down the line. There's a few things around all of what you said, Nikki, that, you know, first and foremost, I think that we've never been more polarized or divisive than we are today, at least not in my lifetime that I ever recall. 
you know, uh, beyond political divisiveness, it's cultural divisiveness and polarity, it's belief systems, you know, they talk about misinformation and disinformation, I go, yeah, okay, so who sets the bar for misinformation and disinformation, you know, our current government, is that who sets the bar, you know, the most lying uh, government we've ever had, you know, is that is that now the standard or the benchmark for disinformation, misinformation? The point is this, I agree with what you're saying. We're seeing this divisiveness, polarity, West, East, uh, global issues. We're seeing it unfold all over the place. The wokeness is off the charts. Uh, understanding, if you start to understand the politics behind wokeness, it's a game changer too. But the point that I'm trying to make in all of this is that we can see that as a society and we can look at a bigger picture. This comes back to you know Gandhi's phrase, which is be the change you wanna see in the world. And that some, sometimes sounds like a really big calling, right? Like, wow, that's really big. But if you can take it and just dumb it down one little bit, and that is be the change you want to see in your world. Have the impact that you can make the difference in the world that you can impact. So in other words, there is divisiveness. There is polarity. Where do you stand? Then take the stand and, again, get that message out you will attract those individuals because you can't change society. You know, it's, it's the classic case of, you know, all the starfish that were on the beach and the guy walks up and starts throwing a starfish back. And somebody that's who he's walking with says, there's thousands of starfish. What do you think throwing these few starfish are going to make a difference? How do you think it's going to make a difference? And he looked at him and he says, it makes a difference to that starfish. So this is really the case of, you can't change society in its in that in that thought process. You can only make a difference in the men who are attracted to the message that you get out there, the ideology or the values, the belief system that you have. And that's really the message that hopefully a podcast like this will get out, uh, a show like this will get out to men, is that you need to take a stand. You know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And ultimately, it is having the courage to be misunderstood in the context of your life. That takes balls. That takes the nerve to say no and to perhaps be ridiculed, to perhaps be trolled and made out to be wrong. And that is a challenge for most men. And it, I, you know, I'm not gonna negate what, you know, some of the women who are just warriors in this whole divisive polar, polarizing world that we live in, but ultimately, you know, this show is about talking to men and men need to take a stand. They need to define themselves and they need to discover who they are, really. You're making me think, which I really appreciate. You've said a lot of things today that have been thought provoking for me and have made me look at things differently. So thank you for that. And this last thing you said, have the courage to be misunderstood. I think that's very powerful. Nobody, nobody realizes the difference that they can make in a world until they take a stand. And when you're willing to be misunderstood, because Nikki, people are going to listen to this show and they go, those two guys are full of shit. Okay. But it doesn't change the values that we have, the stand we take for supporting men to, to stand up, to be heard, to be seen, to evolve and to grow. 
And some guys are going to go, you guys are full of shit. Okay, got it. Well, then turn off the show. Yeah, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. You either align with our message, you align with this conversation. You say, yeah, I get that. No, I hear that. You know something? That's a good point. And if you're that guy, then this is of interest to you. Having these kinds of conversations are important. They're important for me. They're important for the men I surround myself with. And if it's not important for you, okay, that's good. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I really appreciate this. You know, there's a few stands I've been taking lately. I mean, you know the stand I take for men. But I think wokeness is a scourge right now, one that we've got to take a stand against. I wrote this book with my buddy Wayne Allen Root, great patriot uh, bicot book. It's a list of 128 companies that don't exhibit woke characteristics and what they do and how they operate in the world. It got the attention of Donald Trump. He uh, posted about it on Truth Social, was picked up by 100 media outlets, and then Amazon canceled my account for a week <laughs> and then we had to get it back up. It was right when we thought we were going to sell thousands and thousands of copies and get the message out in a bigger way. But that, that was part of the stand that I took. And that's part of the stand I continue to take. Uh, and I think everybody listening to this episode should take a stand about something that matters to them in life and be willing to be misunderstood and be willing to face up to some consequences because if if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to live life as the best version of yourself. Yeah, you're not always going to be liked. And that's the problem that, you know, many face. I've been guilty of that, worried more about being liked than, you know, being true to myself. And that has cost me. It's cost me in relationships. It's cost me financially. It's cost me in business opportunities. And so I can only say that at this point in my life, being a little older, a little wiser, a little wider that my experience is that uh, I wish I would have got clear and really committed to my stands earlier on. You know, that's in no regrets, by the way, but in reflection, I go, oh, shit, if I could have just owned that, you know, if I knew then, of course, what I know now, a common phrase, but truly, you know, the journey continues. Yeah, the journey does continue. You know, what I learned from the regrets that I have about the things that I didn't do or the things that I didn't do earlier in my life is the best way I can crystallize that lesson is to share that lesson with others mm -hmm. and younger folks in particular. But if there's something you're thinking of doing, just begin. Begin now. Don't wait. Don't consider it forever and ever and ever get rocking and as soon as as soon as you do that god will align with you and will help you realize that I'm not saying it's going to be easy and it's just going to fall into your lap not at all but you're going to feel an alignment from the almighty that is going to guide you and guide your 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 process that's, a good, good, that's, that's the most important thing anybody listening to this episode can do. If there's something they've been thinking about doing, they got to just run with it now. Don't think anymore. Don't delay. Don't consider it any longer. Start right away. I think there's a fundamental that, you know, you mentioned, whether it's God or the universe or consciousness or whatever kind of you want to wrap your own mind around or your own thought process around. 
you know, something that you said is that for some reason, we think life should be easy. You know, damn it, this should be far easier. You know, we see those moments in time captured on social media by our friends and their life is so awesome. And there's that picture of that beautiful house or the beach or the boat or the whatever the picture in the moment in time is, you know, that hallmark moment. And we have all these moments of perfection captured and, you know, then adjusted before they're posted on, you know, whatever social media platform you happen to be, you know, uh, happen to use. But here's, here's the fundamental is that life's not easy. And when you start to realize that life's not easy, then it is. You know, if we are to grow, I go back to the gym. You know, you know it. I know it. If you go in the gym and you're doing squats, you're doing push-ups, in order to get stronger, you need to challenge yourself. You don't get better beating a five-year-old in tennis. You know, you have to push yourself. And life in business, in careers, that is the evolution of your own development, mentally, emotionally, your leadership skills, your thought process. If it's easy, there's nothing learned from easy. It is learned from tripping, falling, stumbling, failing. You know, that's where it is. And when you start to understand that, to your point, you use the term God, awesome. I'm happy to use that term. These things are put in front of us and in, are in alignment with that God power. We are the source. And at the end of the day, these are the challenges we face that actually make us better. And if you can't reflect on your life and look back and almost every single time, whatever you went through, I don't give a shit what it was. In reflection, today, you can look at it and go, fuck, it's a good thing I went through that, actually. When I reflect on that time, it was hard. And what did I learn from it? What did I gain from it? Because there isn't a loss. There's always the equal and proportionate gain. Always. 100%. It just may not look like that. I can say I lost a million bucks. I know somewhere there's a gain. It may not be of a million dollars in cash, but it'll be a million dollars in value to offset because that's the way the universe works. That's it. Quantum physics. It's easy. Or God. Doesn't, doesn't matter what you look at it. That's how it is. Yeah. No. Well said, my friend. Well said. So, Patrick, thanks for coming on the show. I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to have you and I have another conversation, and I want it to be a dual and even a, a triple um, use conversation because I'm going to put it on this podcast, on my business podcast, and I also – uh, write and do some interviews on behalf of an American uh, political and business website called politicrossing.com. And I want to have a deep conversation about creating wealth and using real estate as that model, because I know that's a big part of one of your major businesses. And I think that there's a lot of people today that are going, okay, well, it's too late can't be done. Real estate's had its day. And I was listening to Robert Kiyosaki and, and reading one of his books, his latest book called The Capitalist Manifesto. And he set me straight that if you're looking to create wealth for yourself, you need to learn from people who have created wealth. And if you're not clear on how real estate can be a part of that, 
you're making a big mistake. Huge, huge mistake. And throughout my life, I never went and I bought real estate. I did some courses. I read some books. I'm a pretty smart guy, but I never did anything about it. And I think for me right now, at this stage in my life, I want to do something. Am I going to go become a real estate mogul? No, I'm not. But I think it's important that I do something. I involve my family members in it, set them up to be able to do something about it. And I also think that in 2023, any man listening to this show should be thinking about how he can create a bastion of wealth for himself and his family. Because the world in 2023 isn't the world that we had in 2018. And it's not going back to that world. So if you're game for that, I'd like to have that conversation with you, brother. I'm happy to have that. I think there's a fundamental that, you know, we have to just, you know, as we wind this whole down in that conversation about real estate, happy to have it. I think there's a fundamental that, you know, all people that are listening, men listening to the show is we're trying to create a financial future and a financial future. And sadly, because of, again, of social media, the impact of social media, it's like get rich quick. It's just do this and do that. And you'll make millions. Listen, it always, you know, looks like coveralls and hard work. You know, at the end of the day, uh, it creating a financial future takes decision making. It takes putting capital to work and understanding the best ways to put capital to work. You know, and in these days, you know, is you you want to diversify and diversity uh, diversification used to look like own thirty different stocks in five different sectors. You know, and some real estate. You know, today. It looks like real estate. It looks like maybe some equities. It looks like a, a REIT, perhaps a real estate investment trust. It looks like Bitcoin. It looks like precious metals. That's diversification. So when you're trying to create that financial future, you have to literally look into the future and go, okay, where am I going, and how am I going to work backwards from that, and then start taking those steps. So real estate is a big part of the conversations that I have, but I really look at wealth creation and the different ways to do that and the things that need to be considered given what's unfolding today economically at a global level. 100%. And thanks for coming on the show, brother. Look forward to setting up that uh, conversation with you. Let's do it soon, very soon. And God bless you for making me think. That's one of the reasons I enjoy having these conversations with you because you always make me think. You push me out of my comfort zone and out of the 20 to 30 conversations and thoughts that I just keep recycling. So today I had three or four new ones. God bless you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Nikki. You bet. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.